So hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Reds Unrestricted podcast. I'm your host, Dan Club, and I'm joined by Chloe Bloxham and Matt Addison for our Academy special this week. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. So Matt covers the Liverpool first team, under-23s and under-18 side for the Blood Red. Um, that's for the Liverpool Echo, of course. Um so obviously we're very delighted to have Matt with us. Um, pre-seasons, I wouldn't say it was in full swing, but it's certainly begun. Um, and pre-seasons, a chance really to see a lot of the youngsters that we don't often get a chance to during, the, I suppose, the main campaign, if you like. Um, and certainly the team yesterday, Liverpool, put out against Manchester United had a host of unfamiliar names to a lot of people, but not for Matt. So... First off, Matt, thanks for joining us for a start. Really appreciate it, like I say. Um, how did our under-23s and under-18s get on last season, I suppose, in their respective competitions? Yeah, thank you for, for having me back again. Uh, we were just saying, weren't we, before um, we recorded that I was on the, the first ever podcast, so good to be back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, plenty of, of exciting sort of youngsters, I think, in, involved in, in pre-season this summer, as there is as there is every summer, really, I think, at Liverpool now, certainly for, for the past few seasons, there's always been kind of four or five of them that you think are, are genuine contenders to go on and play for Liverpool in the future, which, you know, when you consider the level that Liverpool are at, I think says a lot about the, the level of, of the academy teams as well, to be honest. So, yeah, in terms of, of last season, it was probably in terms of the results kind of disappointing, really. They went out of the FA Youth Cup, I think there were three possibly even four goals up in that with about 20 minutes left against Chelsea and somehow managed to, to lose that match. They did quite well, I think, better than ever, in fact, in the, the UEFA Youth League, which is obviously an important competition. I think that's always one that you kind of gauge their progress on. So that was good, but I think got to, to the quarters in that, didn't quite manage to, to get into the semis, but that was you know further than, than ever before, really, in that competition. Yeah. So again, you know, a, a good bit of progress. And, and the league's kind of it's a similar story for, for both of them really as it is every season Manchester City and and Chelsea in particular seem to take it very seriously Liverpool are kind of more development focused so kind of mid-table maybe slightly slightly higher in, in both of those for for the 18s and the, the 23s really but I think the the thing that you judge them on really is is the youth league and the youth cup and yeah if they hadn't got Chelsea I'm sure they would have gone further in that youth cup but I think that just the way that they went out was was probably a bit of a disappointment yeah, and you've mentioned, you know, them doing fairly good in, in their competitions and um, they're obviously now getting an experience that will live with them forever. This is a very, very valuable experience for all of them. They're now away in pre-season with the likes of Mo Salah, Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, for those who are goalkeepers. Um, so we might as well start with, with players who we either saw uh, against Manchester United or who was named on the bench Um I've mentioned goalkeepers there with Alisson. What is your thoughts on the likes of Harvey Davies? Yeah, I think, you know, Harvey and, and Fabian Rozek, I think, is out there as well, isn't he? There's, there's yeah. a, a lot of, of goalkeepers really out there for, for Liverpool. They've they've seemed to, to have, you know, a real, real strong, solid group of them. I think the outstanding one is one that's not out there because he's just obviously gone out on, on loan to, to Macclesfield. Mm-hmm. Is Marcelo Pitaluga, I think, by, by some distance is, is the best um, he got man of the match the other day in in their yeah. preseason game. So yeah, sorry, yeah, uh, he retweeted a, a save that he'd made as well, which which looked pretty good for him today. But yeah, I'm sure that'll be a, a fantastic experience for him. I think you know for for someone like Harvey Davis, it's 
it's obviously a great experience to be there with the, the team. He's, he's a local lad. He's, he's a, a big Liverpool fan and, and all the rest of it. Fantastic. I think it's going to be quite hard for, for him to make it all the way as a Liverpool goalkeeper. But yeah, Marcelo Pitaluga for me is by by an absolute mile the one to, to keep an eye on. I think he's he's the one that you kind of think if Liverpool can keep hold of Queen Kelleher for maybe another year, maybe a little bit longer if they're lucky, I think possibly Pitaluga might be ready to, to step up then and, and be Alisson's number two. Yeah, and I, I saw a couple of people be uh, really impressed with Stefan. I'm going to go with the Jetic. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. That's what I've gone with. Um, and I thought he looked really good, actually, when he when he played the other day. I think he was sat a, a deep-lying midfielder, but it looked like he swept up, looked like he was on the ball a lot. Um, and quite a lot of people, I did say, well, see, basically say, you know, there wasn't much to really rave about at times, but he looked like a, a bright spark. You mentioned Luke Chambers when he was in a stride. He looked like he had pace down the left. We, we, we could have scored from a from a chance where he got in. Um, and James Norris, which I feel like he's a type of player that I most definitely know the name of, but it's kind of like it, I get blared with who's who in, in the sense of, um, that and maybe because a lot of them played in that Aston Villa game, um, that the team, you know, the likes of Clarkson, Clark, all of them um, against Aston Villa, obviously, when our, our team was going in the club world, clubs cup or whatever it is. So um, what what do you think on them? How have they started pre-season? What will their pre-season look like? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting, actually, to see sort of what Jurgen Klopp does on Friday with Crystal Palace. I wonder how many of these young players will get opportunities. I think as much of it will come down to the positions as anything else. I think it's probably a little bit of, you know, if you've got maybe trends and, and, and you had Calvin Ramsey, obviously he's been injured. I think maybe we would have seen a little bit less of Isaac Mabaya, for example. It gets a, you know, a little bit of... Um, of good fortune in, in certain circumstances but in terms of left backs James Norris is, is decent I think Luke Chambers is certainly the one that you'd look at as the more kind of appealing prospect long term at Liverpool I think Pep Linders has, has been fairly fairly kind of um, strong in his opinions of, of him shall we say in terms of, of what he could do in the future I certainly think he's one to, to watch out for um, one or two others that you mentioned there I mean Bobby Clark is, is probably the one which going in out of the what is it, nine youngsters that you'd say have, have gone with the, the, the senior team on pre-season. I think, for me, Bobby Clark is the one that I'm most excited about. He's the exact type of kind of creative attacking player that I like to see. And I think he did okay, actually, as a as a number nine the other day. That isn't a position he would normally play. He normally plays a little bit deeper, kind of a number 10 type player. I think he got 12 or 13 goals last season. So, yeah, I think, I think it would be fair to say Luke Chambers um, and Bobby Clark are kind of the two that I was looking at to, to take the step. Stefan Bicetic as well. Good pronunciation from you there, to be fair, Chloe. I think you've got that pretty much spot on. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think he's a, a really, really talented player as well. The, the only thing I would question with him is kind of the the physical kind of side of, of things. I think he's he's very, very good on the ball, technically very, very good, can pass. But he, I think it's probably telling that they've moved him into midfield. He's, he came in more as a centre-back, actually played um, for the 18s, that probably the first half of last season as a centre-back and kind of has been transitioned into a, a number six. So I think that probably says he's, he's maybe not quite physical enough to come into to the English game and play as, as a centre-half. It's obviously very hard to it's hard to get into Liverpool's team anywhere, but I think certainly at centre-back, they look really, really sort of settled now for the next few years with Joe Gomez's contract. But yeah, for, for Stefan, I think I think holding midfield is a position that you could see him in because on the ball, he's, he's absolutely superb off it. 
at youth level, it's quite hard to, to kind of judge. You don't really tend to see teams come and, and play in a way that would really test them defensively. But I think certainly on the ball, there's, there's certainly a lot to like. Yeah, you mentioned, obviously, the physique of, of most of those players. And you mentioned Joe Gomez. At the very beginning, when he came in, compared to now, Liverpool had to work with him on his strength and conditioning, like they will do with a lot of these players. Tyler Morton, even now, looks a lot more... He, he looks bigger in terms of muscle mass, um, which, obviously, we know the Premier League is one of the most physical leagues. So if you want to make it in there, or even the Championship, all of these... Um, you've got to have a bit about you. So, so those players, I'm, I'm actually, um, I'm looking forward to seeing them develop, to see them grow. Some exciting players there. Um, that Mabaya, I'm going to say his name is at right back. I was really impressed with him. I know he made a mistake for that first goal in that Man United game, but he has some power on him when he gets into that stride. He had Luke Shaw off. We should have scored from it. Um, that's before they even make it 1-0. But he was really, he really, just on the ball, he looked so strong. He recovered. I think it was a 3v1 where he really got back. So, you know, these players that the likes of us, you know, even though we've got eyes on the background, the unders, uh, the youth teams, it's very much, you kind of don't even remember the players or the, the players aren't even spoken about. And then when they come into this set and you see and you think he could be something, and I, I did think that with Mabayad, is that is it, playing at right back? That's not his usual position, is it? No, he's kind of done it a little bit 50-50 really last season. He's played as, as a holder midfielder as well. Obviously, Liverpool do tend to, to do that, don't they? They have central midfielders playing at right back and it's obviously worked with Trent. It's worked with a couple of others as well that you'd, you'd look at and think have got that option really to, to play there. But, you know, you, I think you're spot on there in terms of his, his kind of 1v1s, his pace, his, his ability to, to knock the ball past someone and, and put a good cross in. I think is is a really, really strong element of his game. But then, like, you know, if you play him as, as a number six or even as a number eight, you're not really going to see that from the, the centre of the midfield. So, yeah, for, for me, his position long-term should be right back. But I suppose it, it kind of, a little bit like Trent, it's it's going to be one of those where they kind of work out where's the best position for, for you to get minutes at Liverpool. If they think he's got the ceiling to play for Liverpool, probably it's not going to come at right back because Trent's going to be there for the next decade or so. So it's... It, it's a tricky one, really, in terms of working out where his position is. But I think, you know, physically, he's got the the ability, the, the capability, really, of being able to go on and, and play senior football. And still only seventeen as well. I think, you know, I'm not not quite sure when he turns eighteen, but he is. He's one of one of the younger ones as well within that group. So, yeah, really good signs from him. Obviously, switched off for the goal, but I think you've got to got to forgive him that in terms of yeah. the, the sort of pressure he was being put under. He's he's definitely one to watch out for. Yeah, it's a times where a rush of blood to the head kind of situation. He, he got a bit lost out at the back post, but he did make up for it because several minutes later they were in and he, he made it 3v1 and, and the way he tracked back, his pace, recovery pace on Martial was brilliant um, and he stopped them getting a second. The other player I do want to um, mention who, who did feature in that game is Tom Hill because he was in the one in, in the best team, let's put it that way. And I thought he actually did fairly decent. I thought his runs were there. He was quite intelligent in and around the box. Um, and I, I was impressed with him. He looked a lot taller on my screen than I thought he was. Um, so I don't know how tall he is, but I was actually impressed with him, which is really hard to do when you've obviously got the likes of Mo Salah, Trent, Virgil, all these unbelievable players on the football pitch. And yet him, who who was on the left wing, who you thought might be a bit isolated in the sense of 
you know, it's going to be down the right hand side where Liverpool get in anyway. I thought is is um is tracking into the box to make sure he try and gets on the end of, of of a cross. His movement was really good to me. Yeah, he's he's a really intelligent footballer, and I think the the best sort of story really of this preseason is him. He's been out for I think around 20, 21 months with injury. This is you know you mentioned you're not quite sure how tall he is. I'm not quite sure because I've not seen him for the best part of two years. He's probably grown and, and physically has come on a long long way in in that kind of period. And I think that was 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 really good to to see. I think it was you know a sign of his quality and also the fact that he's kind of come back and then it was a bit of a reward really for him to come in and, and play in, in that in that strong team that, that Liverpool put out for, for the final few minutes but it'd be interesting to see kind of where he's at really what he ha- what happens to him now I think he's he's 19 so you've you kind of missed a, a real good chunk of, of your development and you know it, it might have been that he'd gone out on loan in that time it might have been that he'd maybe got one or two opportunities I think you know he'd, he'd have been right in the mix for one or two FA Cup tyres last season for example I think he was one of those that played the full 90 against Villa a couple of years ago. He was really, really highly rated, really well thought of within the academy as as well as sort of his football and ability, just generally as as a person as well. And it's just been it's just been a real, real struggle for him. But the fact that he looked so good is is really promising. It'd be interesting just to see what happens next, whether after such a long time they want to keep him. I would suspect that they keep him around for at least the first half of the season just to monitor that injury, make sure he's not you know, being asked to, to do too much physically in the, the first few months back. But I don't know, he's, he's one of those that the second half of the season, if, if he can stay injury-free for a few months, possibly could be one of those that I would imagine a lot of clubs would look at in terms of a loan deal. Yeah, it just it's back to me. I just it's interesting when you mentioned there. Obviously, he missed a lot of his development through injury. That's happened to a couple of academy players in recent years at Liverpool, and it is such a shame to see because you do wonder what might have been without it. Don't you? Because obviously, the lad's got talent still to be involved in a game of that magnitude. Yesterday shows you that, but. Liverpool do have a good track record of treating them players well and making sure they're well looked after. And even though it might not work out at Liverpool in the long run, hopefully the lad can forge himself a good career somewhere. Um, That's what it's all about at the end of the day, whether it be Liverpool or or elsewhere. Um, Mentioned some really exciting players there by the sounds of it. And I think we could all see that there was some ability. It's interesting that some players were left behind, obviously, because Liverpool, I think an under-23 side played Wigan last night and they got soundly beaten I think it's fair to say but by a Wigan first team essentially that had just been promoted to the championship so not particularly any shame in that result especially when you consider how many players obviously out in Thailand but out of the players that we mentioned and those outside of that group really because I noticed um, Muslowski the Polish attacker was part of the under-23 side last night because he was really highly regarded and, and still may well be, but it doesn't seem like it's quite happening for him in many respects. That might be a bit unfair, but where do you see him? And moreover, who are the, the top three players would you suggest we need to look out for going into next season? Yeah, I mean, with Muschilovsky to start with him, I think it was a little bit of a frustrating season for him at times. Last year, I remember, I think it was Burnley, I think he picked up a knock and week later he kind of came back a little bit too soon from that injury picked up another little injury he had a few of these niggles that that kept him out of a few games I think particularly in the second half of last season it just didn't quite click for him but I think there's still you know a a lot of talent there I think the the one thing that you'd say with him is he he maybe doesn't quite score enough goals for for a Liverpool winger a a player who's going to play in that front three he's definitely not a midfielder I think you've got to play him as as a wide forward for, for any team really moving forwards He's just got to find a way of, of getting 
a few more goals really I think he's got the dribbling he's got the ability to to kind of make himself look a really really good footballer but possibly needs a little bit more end product to, to go with that and he's just one of those that it surprised me actually I looked it up a few weeks ago for, for a piece I was writing around him and you know he's, he's 19 turns 20 in the, the next season he's not kind of at the younger end I think if it was going to happen for him I think it possibly would have done already I know there's yeah. a few teams that are kind of looking around as, as a loan deal there was a team in Poland that you kind of looked at and thought possibly it, it might sort of work in the sense of him going back and you know it, it's probably not been let's be honest the easiest time for him the last couple of years to settle into a new life and mm-hmm. new culture and all the rest of it with Covid and, and a pandemic to, to kind of live with but I, I wonder what the next step is for him I wonder whether they might look at him as a possible kind of loan next season but yeah, you were kind of looking at him being chased by Liverpool and Arsenal and I think yeah. Dortmund looked at him. He's one of those that has got talent and it might click for him, but I'm just not quite sure that it's 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 going to necessarily be at Liverpool. No, it's a shame to see, like you say, because I think the, the Polish Messi was banded about quite a lot, which obviously excites fans and it's a little bit, it's, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek quite clearly, but it's clear to see he's got ability. I remember seeing quite a few of his goals for the underside and some of his a solo goal he basically took on half the opposition from his from from inside his own half and scores and you think god I can't wait for this kid but then it doesn't happen and others come through instead of him you like to Cade Gordon who I know was signed but he gets games in the Carabao Cup and you think oh what happened to him and you just, you mentioned a loan move there and especially if you go back to Poland which quite clearly would be a, a positive from his point of view but you just wonder whether they're going to get forgotten about from a Liverpool perspective if that happens like I've seen that happen quite a lot like we're really good at looking after our young players, I'm fully aware, but in terms of breaking through, if you're sent back or sent somewhere on loan, you do start to question whether it's going to happen. I mean, Harvey Elliott is the caveat to that quite clearly, but he might be an exception rather than the rule, potentially. Yeah, and I think it was probably telling that Harvey Elliott was going to a team where he could go and, and play in a similar style to Liverpool. He was playing at the kind of, maybe not the quite the top end but sort of top half certainly of, of the championship and that was kind mm. of the expectation there yeah it's not far away as well like I'm sure there were certain times where he could just pop back into Liverpool and I think the, the plan with Marcelo Pitaluga actually is obviously he's gone to, to Macclesfield as we mentioned mm. I think the plan yeah. for him will be to train at the AXA training centre I'm not obviously suggesting that Harvey Elliott did that but just the, the kind of opportunity to, to still be in and around Liverpool and, and close by, I think is, mm. is probably telling for, for someone like him. I think if if you go to Poland and you go to a team that's probably not playing in the same style as Liverpool, it's a long way away, all the rest of it, it's, it's probably telling really as, as to where you're at. But yeah, I, I do think there's a, a talented player in there. I think there's there's an opportunity for, for him to kind of kick on and maybe it, it just is, is one of those that maybe falls into the bracket of, He's not quite good enough to play for Liverpool at the moment, but maybe it's not massively useful for him to be playing under-21s next season either. I don't think that's necessarily the best for for the development of, of a few of these players. Probably yeah. alone is, is the best way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna nail down to uh, to three players to look out for them for next season. Who are we looking at? Uh, well, in terms of, of players to watch, I suppose there's there's a few obvious ones, isn't there? You mentioned Kay Gordon before. I think yeah. Still, just about counts, doesn't he? As a uh, oh yeah, 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 a youth player. So I think I think he's one that I think last season we would have seen a lot more of. I think the fact that he started away at Arsenal didn't he in the Carabao Cup semi-final. Mm-hmm. I think just after that he gets injured, and that's probably why we don't see him again. Obviously, Liverpool going for 
the quadruple and, and all the rest of it, maybe they wouldn't have, have turned to him at certain points anyway within that period. But I certainly think the injury didn't particularly help. Obviously, now has, has got an injury now that's stopped him going on pre-season as well, which, again, isn't ideal. But I think if he can stay injury-free, he's one of those that you'd look at and think is is almost nailed on to be a Liverpool player long-term. He's, he's yeah. so, so highly rated and one of the, the best talents, I think, coming through in the country. So he'd be one that I would definitely look at. Um, the other two, in terms of, of ones to watch, I suppose uh, probably two that I mentioned before, really. I think Luke Chambers is one that okay. it was interesting that, that Pep Linders mentioned him a few months ago as we really want to take him on pre-season. Just, I think, four or five days before Liverpool came back, he was part of the England under-19s team that wins the under-19 Euros. So he's not really had any time off this summer. He's obviously mm. desperate to, to come back and, and impressed Liverpool, desperate to have him in pre-season. Otherwise, they would have given him a little bit longer, I think, to, to recover. Again, one of those that's a little bit younger. He's not kind of at, at the older end of, of these young players. He, he's very much, you know, he's, he's done one year with the 18s and that's it. Settled in really nicely. I think some of the bits of kind of captaincy, that's something that I'd look at more and more next season with him. Yeah. He captained the team a few team uh, a few times last season, which I think probably tells you a lot about kind of how he's thought, especially with him being one of, of the first year scholars as well at that age group. So, hundred percent, he is is one to, to look at. And scored nine goals last season as well. I mean, from left back, I know a few yeah. of those were penalties, but I think that probably <laughs> probably probably tells its own story as well. So he's definitely yeah. one, and, and Bobby Clark would be the other one. I, I just think yeah. He's he's such an exciting player. I I love a player who kind of plays as a number ten, but I love it specifically with what Jurgen Klopp does with them, where he kind of makes them into an eight or kind of you know moves them around and, and kind of you get you get the impression with him. I mentioned Musilovsky before; he's kind of got all the talent, but doesn't quite get the goals. Yeah, Bobby Clark is is very much the the full package in that sense of you know to, mm. to get 12, 13 goals last season from an attacking midfield position in his yeah. first season since he'd come in from Newcastle. I really think he is kind of, he's another in that kind of Elliot, Kate Gordon bracket of Liverpool have, have got a real gem on their hands here. They're really yeah. happy to have got him. To get him out of Newcastle, his, his dad, um, Lee Clark, is of course, yeah. Newcastle legend. To, to kind of get him and, and show that there, there is that pathway to the first team, I think was was really impressive from Liverpool. But yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely one that I'm excited about next season. And yeah, I wouldn't have thought that we'd see him in the number nine position too often either for, for anyone that's not watched him as, as much as I have. Yeah, no, I was hoping, and I'm glad you did say Bobby Clark, because I've seen bits of him myself, and I was really excited when the, the transfer was happening, because like you said earlier, you, know, you have to beat off some fierce competition to land these youngsters these days, and and to get him away from you know what is now another superpower in many senses in Newcastle. Um, I'm not quite sure if the takeover gone through at the time, but even so, to drag him away from his father's club, was saying something about our pulling power, obviously, as well, and he looks like a real talent. So, you mentioned goals. Before I get you on to more general aspects, a couple more questions now. Um, before I get you on to more general aspects of the academy, um, you mentioned the word goals there, and earlier on while we were chatting, the name popped into my head, so I can't leave before we before we touch on him. Um, Oakley Cannonier. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that surname right. I should be. It's pretty English. Um, <laughs> I would, quite frankly, prolific last season, like ridiculous goals going back, but everyone knows the backstory, feel free to touch on it if you want, but where where does he stand right now? Where do you think he's his next move is, if you like, in the Liverpool academy system? 
Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, 41 goals last season is, is remarkable for, for any yeah. player. But again, he's one of those that was, I think, a first-year scholar last season. I think he maybe played one or two games for the 18s the year before, but he basically stepped up and was one that they were, were really, really excited about. You mentioned the kind of backstory. He's the, the Barcelona ball boy. That's that's hmm. him. You know, I, I try not to mention that too often because I know for, for him. and I know It's for, great, though. It is. It's, it's a great story, but I think for, for him... Uh, he, he said it himself, actually, uh, about a year or so ago. He kind of said, "Well, I don't want to be known for that at Liverpool. I want to be, I want to be a first-team player, and I want to kind of, you know, move away from that as much as possible." But it's it's inevitably it's it's going to come back, isn't it? It's it's such yeah. a it, it's such a nice sort of curve for him. I think he was only thirteen or fourteen at the time, and has kind of you know, grown up in in the Liverpool system, and you know, yeah, a fantastic player. But I think there's still a lot of development with him. I know the the 41 goals will kind of stand out, and, and people will get very excited about that, and, and rightly so. But I, I think there's a bit of a question mark physically over him at this moment in time. I think he's a little bit small. He gets a little bit lost, even actually when he stepped up into to the youth league. It's under 19s compared to, to under 18s. Certainly, whenever he's played with kind of 23s age group, it, it kind of I don't know, he just doesn't quite look the same player. When you play in, in the 18s, it is a big step up to go in and, and physically play in, in the youth league in particular. And I think he struggled a little bit with that. I don't think too many of those goals will have, have come for age no. groups above the 18s, that the vast majority have come in that age group. So I think that the next step for him, I certainly don't think he's ready to, to go out for, for a loan spell or, or anything like that. I think it's it's just a case of carry on doing what you're doing, trying to score as many goals as you can next season. And, probably hit the gym as well. Let's hope, you know, over the next sort of year or so, he can sort of bulk himself up a little bit because I think that that will certainly help. Technically, you know, fantastic. But I think there's there's a little bit of a way to go with him where you could kind of throw Harvey Elliott in very early on. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be one of those. No, well, that, that so often is the case, isn't it, with these young players? You mentioned hitting the gym there. I think that's something Jurgen Klopp said about Tyler Morton last season yeah. after one of his Champions League outings because... That's the fact of life. It's very rare that you see these academy prospects come through and they're, they're ready-made, purpose-built for senior football because it is so difficult. Um, so, yeah, like I said, before I go on to like the, the, the academy more generally, I'm just going to get you to touch upon some of the players. I think Liverpool have sent the numbers probably updated since they've last seen about six or seven, maybe more players out on loan now. Um, how do you see them faring and out of the ones that have gone away I know Owen Beck went recently I think Anderson Arroyo went as well this week who I can't believe still at the club quite frankly um, how do you see them faring and which one of those do you foresee coming back and having a genuine future yeah I mean the the fullbacks going out on loan is, is really interesting Connor Bradley um, is one of those who's yeah. by all accounts started started really well at, at Bolton which I think is is an interesting one for him I think he's Again, one of those, there's probably quite a few in that category of there wasn't really much point in sticking about and playing for the yeah. youth teams this season. Calvin Ramsey's come in, you'd expect him to play you know, the, the senior minutes. It was very much a case, really, of he needed to go out and, and needed to, um, to to just go and play regular senior football, which I think he's, he's certainly going to get that at Bolton. They're very excited about it. I know he's very excited about sort of the, the prospect of, of playing for them as well. And similar almost to Blackburn in the sense that he's not exactly going far away, which I think probably tells yeah. a bit of its own story as well. So I think he is, is certainly one that you'd look at and think could kick on. 
whether he makes it at Liverpool, again, just the position he plays in, it's, it's going to be yeah. very tricky for him to do that, let's be honest. But we'll see what kind of happens with him. I think the most interesting one is on the other side is, is Owen Beck. Again, mm. one of those that is just far too good, really, to, to play in the, the 21s all season. I think he's about 19 or 20 now himself, so he's kind of ready for that next step and, and needs to be pushed a little bit further on. But I don't know, just the, the fact that he's gone to Portugal, there's, there's so many kind of links with, you know, obviously coaching staff, with yeah. what Julian Ward's links are, with the, his kind of past. I think it just makes loads of sense. It's a team that... I'm not even going to try and pronounce. I can't remember what they're called now, but it wasn't one that I'd kind of heard about and knew about. But I think no. they're slightly better than, than what I realised to begin with. I think they finished seventh or eighth in, in Portugal last season. So they're going to be kind of competitive, at least you'd imagine, in that league. So it's just a really interesting one. I think it's great that he's taken that step to go out to Portugal and, and kind of gone out of his comfort zone. Again, slightly contradictory in the fact that I said, you know, the ones who stay closest are, are most likely to make it. But I don't know. At the same time, it, it kind of... It kind of it's interesting. Them. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's interesting, and I think it just it further builds really the uh, the relationship that Liverpool have got with with that sort of area of the world, if you like. Mm. So, yeah, it certainly certainly be an interesting one. Yeah, definitely a man with well, I say a man, a teenager with his own backstory connected to the club as well, of course, um, family ties and all that. So yeah, that really really good. Um, just going to get one more off you while we've got you, Matt. Um, you mentioned earlier on. So when we talk about how the youngsters have been faring in their campaigns, um, and you mentioned the names Manchester City and Chelsea, so where do Liverpool stand now in terms of we, we've all seen that the players come through the academy and we've been really fortunate to have some some top quality ones, and it seems like that's not stopping. If anything, it's improving all the time. So, what sort of footing compared to our domestic rivals would you say our academy was at? Are we? competing with the very best like we probably should be and uh, not necessarily even on the pitch just in terms of how many players we're managing to develop and that pathway I suppose yeah I mean out of, of the top clubs it's it's really really hard to kind of see a pathway for any of these players I think you look at you know Liverpool and what Jurgen Klopp have done you look at Trent you look at Harvey Elliott you look at Curtis mm. Jones who I think is going to be in for a big season this season yeah. I just think there's so many examples now hundred percent. Bobby Clark wouldn't have come to Liverpool last summer if those players hadn't have done that to begin yeah, with. Yeah. He would have picked somewhere else to go. He maybe would have gone to Germany. He could have, you know, gone and played for any number of clubs. I know Bayern Munich were one of the clubs that were interested in him. Tottenham as well. You'd think possibly in the past. You think of someone like Deli Ali, even that far, you know, back. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. he was picking these teams ahead of Liverpool. So. In terms of if you look at the league tables, Liverpool are not going to be winning the leagues in these, you know, 18s, 21s next season. They're not going to be right at the top in terms of that. They're probably not going to win the youth league. They're probably not going to kind of take the FA Youth Cup as seriously as what one or two of these other teams do. But I think the one thing you can guarantee is that if you look at Chelsea, United, City, all of the other kind of big six teams within within England, you'd fancy Liverpool to, to bed in more of these youngsters or give more of these players an opportunity to go and, and even if it's play football somewhere else, you look at someone like Reese Williams, for example, who's come through the system. Yep. I don't think he's going to make it long term as a senior player at Liverpool, but there's certainly, you know, a, a championship level club for him out there. You, you would imagine maybe even, you know, a little bit higher further on down in his career. But I just think Liverpool are, are kind of the best in the business at the moment in terms of creating enough of these talents to basically run them themselves almost it, it kind of pays for itself the academy yeah. and as much as you know you only have to sell one or two of these and you've kind of paid the expenses of, of what they've done that season and 
if you've got into a position as well where Liverpool's first team can call, can call upon these players if if they need a few extra bits of you know cover in certain positions or they need to just fill the squad up for a, a Carabao Cup game or whatever, Liverpool have, have shown time and time again that they're more than happy to do that. And it's worked as well. It's not you know detrimental to, to their success. So for me, Liverpool, in terms of, of the bigger clubs, which is the only ones really that you can, can compare Liverpool to, are, are kind of the best in terms of that. You can probably look at other clubs further down. You might look at I don't know, Southampton or somewhere like that, or maybe not so much now, but, but certainly in the past in terms of creating these players. But for Liverpool, these players, if they're going to make it, they've got to be you know, a completely different level, haven't they? To get into a world-class yeah. team like Liverpool is really, really difficult. So, yeah, for me, in terms of the teams comparable to Liverpool, there's, there's no one better, really. You don't measure it in terms of trophies and league tables. You measure it in terms of how many players does Jurgen Klopp get to, to add to his first team. And I've not got the numbers, but I'm sure no, but yeah. in the time he's been here, it's, it, it's got to be a, a hefty way ahead of the rest of the team, I would say. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And I suppose sort of the shining light in that has been Nico Williams this week, as like you mentioned there, not only has he come into the side and done well previously into match day squads and started games, but we've then gone on to sell him to another Premier League club for, you know, what you'd imagine to be a hefty profit. Profit, It's certainly a good fee, and let's put it that way. So I suppose he kind of illustrates, without, if you're not going to make it at Liverpool, which obviously, unfortunately, he hasn't done, he kind of illustrates the next best. Um, and I suppose there's been Rian Brewster and people that before him. So, yeah, it definitely sounds like it's working nicely. Um, like I say, some of the players we've got coming through are certainly exciting ones. Um, but, yeah, that'll be all That'll be all I've got for you, Matt. Um, I'm sure you'll be pleased to know, grilling you about the academy. Um, so I'll give you a chance to plug anything. We all know where to find you. We're going to put your links and what have you in the descriptions and in all the uh, social medias. But anything relevant you've got coming up um, in the near future? Uh, just loads of, of content really around pre-season. I'm sure we'll do a, a little bit more around the uh, the young players if people are particularly interested in those. But yeah, senior team, any of the uh, the academy teams as well over on, on Liverpool.com. Um, and yeah, just usual socials and all of that kind of thing. Blood Red on YouTube. Yeah, every every avenue you can think of, you'll find yeah, someone. Exactly, good man. And speaking of them avenues, um, we have got a YouTube channel. Um, clips will be going up there this week. We'll take the best bits from this podcast and get them on there. So make sure you find Reds Unrestricted on there. Um, and make sure while you're there, you give us the top rating and on Spotify and any other platforms that you listen to us on. But that will be all we've got time for this week. Thanks again to Matt for joining us. We'll be back next week with more summer chat. It won't be about football matches, but it will be about things related to Liverpool. So we'll speak to you then. <laughs>